0: All right, welcome to Canal and Bell. Danny Cannell, Raja Bell, hanging out on a Tuesday. We got a loaded show to get to. I did notice you this morning. Yeah. We're a very nice shirt. So we have a photo shoot that's coming up. like? So, yeah, it's definitely... it's a little tight. <laughs> so you've, been, you've been talking about the dad bod, oh, trying to thanks. get rid of it. That's when you have to keep your posture yeah, like super correct. straight, You're keeps right. you uh, tall I didn't eat up there. Much this morning, I was... so now the question I would always ask anytime you do a photo shoot, we're doing a promotional shoot for CBS Sports HQ for cannell and Bell. So we're going to do that after our show today. Uh, I'm going to change. We're not going to just wear a T-shirt from the PGA right. Championship. Like, You're bold, change You're in bold. that one. um The first time around. You wore the pink jeans. I did. The pink jeans, yeah. which were a hit around here. People are still talking about them wherever we go. Yeah, they're nice. I like those. I do, too. I like them, too. You didn't go back to them,
1: though. No, Well, they, they weren't received well in the photo shoot. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So they, yeah, the color on. didn't yeah. come off that great.
0: The shirt in 20 years, when we go back, yeah. and we have won like 10 Emmy Awards, and yeah. we're, you're just like in the Hall of Fame I'm still going to support this decision. Yeah, I'm you will. It, yeah. so you don't think you'll look back? Because there are sometimes I think there's something to be like, man, what was I thinking on that one? Uh, it's a basic floral. I mean, like a it's your basic diesel floral. I was putting on my jeans this morning because I am going to stay with these jeans, and they're they're definitely snug. They're not super skinny jeans, but they're tighter. Right. And I was thinking like, because fashion is cyclical. Is there a chance we could all be wearing, like, bell-bottom, super baggy jeans? You're like, man, why is that guy wearing such jeans? I why mad mad going
1: back. <laughs> right. I, if the fad comes back around, I'm not chasing it. I'll be stuck in, <laughs> like, comfortable, like, not too tight, but but not too big jeans. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And the reason I went, like, with a little color up top yeah. is because I went just straight, like, indigo, dark blue jeans, right? right. So. Like, I don't want to be completely I like hited, it, you know? Yeah, pretty
0: sharp. I got no problem with it there. Uh, so, Andre Reed, who, it looks like we're just, the connection's not going to work today. That's deep. Uh, Hall of Famer. He yeah. did have a weight, which was interesting because I think that'd be such a weird place to be in. Like, and we've seen other guys, Chris Carter, who was in the uh, Hall of Fame as a wide receiver, Tim Brown, who got in as a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Some of them do start to campaign. Right. Like, that'd be weird. That'd be a weird place like for that. me. I don't know if I could either. Like, hey, Let the numbers speak for themselves. If I'm in, I'm in. That's great. If not, but on the other hand, there is this huge gain. Yeah, like not only for your legacy, but financially, like for autograph signings and some of those types of things. If you are, if you can sign HOF next to your name, you're going to get significantly more money than if you don't. Even though your numbers stay the same, right? But if you get that status, all of a sudden it totally takes you off the charts.
1: Obviously, I, I am. I'm speaking with with no like knowledge of 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 the situation i it would be hard for me to do it but if i were that close to it i might be singing a different tune right, right, I, right. I just don't i don't know because i've no one would ever consider me for any hall of fame it's just not my personality type to ever really campaign yeah even I, I really i just i'm not right. i'm not a, a self-promoter you know I mean?
0: yeah. really good at that either maybe we both should with canel and right. Bell. We need to get out <laughs> there a little be bit better, more right? um but with, with the Hall of Fame taking place, are you aware that baseball's Hall of Fame induction ceremony took place the other day? No. I wasn't either. Like it kind of, and it's one of those things where baseball is already struggling to get in. Yeah, I
1: did. To, Sorry, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I did. Well, there you go. I so did. yeah, you knew that. Yeah, I did. Um,
0: but it, like, realistically, I don't no know who one else really on it. watched it. I, I didn't watch it because it actually took place during a day where there were actually games taking place, actual baseball, MLB games, which makes no sense for a sport that's trying to promote itself to have that, you know, like you could honor the past. Um, Some players that might have played with Mariano Rivera might have wanted to go, but they can't because mm-hmm. of their schedule. So the thing that was unique about it, as you mentioned, uh, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, he becomes the first baseball player to get unanimously voted in, Um, and which is crazy when you think about it. And it brings up the question, like, why hasn't this happened before? Ken Griffey Jr., one of the all-time greats, was not a 100%. Nolan Ryan, one of the best, you know, strikeout yeah. king, not in there. Cal, Cal Ripken, Ripken Jr., not a 100%. You know, you could go down the list. Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron, the home like, run king. The, how this happens is beyond me. I do think now that we're seeing where they actually have to put their name to a vote right. that you might see this happen more often. But I honestly don't understand why there's not more agreement and unanimous decisions in all of sports. Like we saw Steph Curry, yeah. again, not that long ago with NBA. It was the first time. Yep. And the reason it happens and which is really petty and stupid is cause some people have a personal vendetta or a personal dislike of a certain player. And Mar- yeah. Mar- Mariano Rivera was widely loved, like for his character, like great guy, great sure. dude. But like, why can't we all just agree? Like, why does that have to be a thing where, oh, I'm going to hold him off, even though everybody knows you're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer?
1: Yeah, one of two things. Either A, you know, you have a personal thing for one reason or another. Like, you know, you might have caught a guy on a bad night. Asked him a question, and he, he could have dismissed right. it. Like, who right. knows? Um You know, there are some people that just like to be that butthead. Right. You know, like I was the one. Right. I'm not giving it to <laughs> Right. Everybody else voted him, but, you know, his strikeout percentage was, you know, like right. some personality types like that. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for it, but I've always said. Some you know, people do like to be different.
0: Oh, yeah. Go against the grain. And, like, Derek Jeter is going to be up next year. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Somebody will probably not vote him in. He will
1: because, not
0: be 100%. Right, because they'll probably say, oh, he was on the Yankees, what right. would he have done if he didn't have as much talent around him? Um, but that's really dumb. Like, why can't you, if he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, why don't you just vote him in and everybody give him the vote? It doesn't make much sense to me.
1: Principle. Yeah, I Form guess, rules. I guess. And I get you know it, what?
0: like, if there was a PED accusation, I totally understand that. Like, if you wanna have principles about that. Yeah. And say, hey, this guy suspected no, drug user, then yes. That's but valid if it's not stuff, right? and there's never been any rumors or anything, then what are we really doing?
1: Generally speaking, and this is broad strokes I'm going to paint with here, people take themselves way too seriously. Yes. And these voters, I'm sure, you know, at the end of the day, fall into that category most of them as well, right? Like, right. I, you know, I do too at times, you know, but like, right. to your point, bro. Or
0: also, it is way too easy to get a Hall of Fame vote. Um same thing with the Heisman Trophy. There's 900 Heisman voters. Right. There doesn't need to be that many. You don't, yeah. you don't need that many people to have their opinion to weigh in. It becomes more of a cachet thing. Mariano got 425 of 425. Uh, Greg Maddox, one of the best pitchers we've seen, 555 of 571 in 2014. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a personality, broadcasting per- personality, uh, Dan Lebatard put his vote up and uh auctioned it off like as a joke <laughs> and MLB got ticked like they took it away from him because he did that but he was right. like hey this is kind of dumb know. like at this point there's so many people right? why does it matter so I think like a 100 is like a perfect round number that makes sense it still keeps it prestigious mm-hmm. and then you're not going to have people who do things just to Get a column out of it, or get some attention.
1: What is the criteria for having a vote? Like Heisman? Good question. Like what What would you have to do? I don't know. Joe Tessitore
0: was like, "Hey, do you want to be a Heisman voter?" I was like, "Sure." So he's like, "I'll hook you up." You're a Heisman voter? Yeah, I'm okay. a Heisman no, voter. Like, you don't even know that after know. all these. I need years, to read your bio. But I was shocked. Yeah. It's, I don't even think it's in my bio. I don't think like. It's- <laughs> I don't even mention it because there's 900 of them. Right. That's like right, not right, that right. big of a deal. I want to vote. And like, for something. might be able to work that out. I'll call Joe Tess. We'll see if we can get you in on it. It is cool. Like don't get me wrong. Yeah. It is cool, but it's way too easy. Right. And I think that's why you see problems arise. And I think there's a significant issue why you see West Coast guys. Christian McCaffrey should have won a few years ago and he yeah. didn't because he was playing and a lot of voters don't watch that much. So nope. they don't even get it out there. Um, so that, you know, all the Hall of Fame discussion. I hate it because I don't, I don't, it always comes up as soon as somebody retires. Are they a Hall of Famer? I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> like, like, some day. people get really passionate about the discussion. I don't. Um, something we talked about yesterday with Tyreek Hill and the lack of a suspension hey. became – we talked about how confusing it is. It became that much more confusing with the news that came out yesterday as Jaron Reed of the Seattle Seahawks, one of their defensive linemen, yeah was suspended out of nowhere six games per the NFL's personal conduct policy resulting from an incident in early 2017. So two years ago, he was not charged or arrested and his appeal was denied Friday morning. So he is getting a six-game suspension. The first thing that comes to my mind, and this kind of reflects on Ezekiel Elliott too, is if you had what you had on Tyreek Hill, which was a kid with a broken arm you had a history of domestic violence. You had audio of him with a pretty nasty threat on there. What did you have on Jaron Reed? Like, so if, if that wasn't enough to have those things, how much more was it to give a six-game suspension? Which again, it just it opens up this whole Pandora's box of issues with the NFL trying to play the moral police here and dole out these
1: punishments. Um Yeah, I want to be clear. Look, I I know, like, I didn't even want to talk about this today because I know how touchy a subject it is. I want I want to be very clear um again in in me saying there is no room and I do not support any kind of domestic violence or anything like that this is more of a system issue with me mm-hmm. it's a, it's a system issue and so you know i i think that the NFL has a has a problem not not because they either levy suspensions for guys that deserve them versus not levying suspensions for guys that deserve them like it's not about that for me it's about how they pick and choose what what they're what they're gonna do. There's no consistent standard for what they're gonna what they're gonna suspend for. And so you wind up with guys, you know, like this getting suspended virtually out of, out of nowhere. I'm not saying that he didn't do anything. I don't know. Right. But to your to the point about Tyreek Hill, if you didn't feel like you had enough and a lot of that evidence was made public and you didn't feel that was enough to suspend him I have to imagine that if there was similar evidence with Jaron Reed, there would have been some kind of charge or he would have been arrested or like if, if you could compile as the NFL enough evidence to warrant a six game suspension, you don't think the legal system could compile enough to to make a case against him? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I I don't I don't understand and so I, I I don't I don't mean to sound like I'm supporting dudes. Cause I'm not. I'm just saying that that system that they're working under, the NFL, that is, it's, it's not, it's broken. Like, it's not a good system. It's too inconsistent.
0: It is. Um, Damian Woody, who's a buddy of mine, um, does some broadcasting for NFL. He's a former NFL player, had a really interesting idea, and I totally agree with it. Cause I think they either need to get out of the business of doling out punishment or do something dramatically different. He said they should outsource their discipline. Right. Because Roger Goodell is connected to it. He's become the punching bag because, He's become the face of the judge, jury, and executioner who's rolling right. out these punishments. Hire somebody to just handle all of it. Somebody that maybe with some experience, yeah, uh, in that field of domestic violence. Um, you know, um, researching, studying cases, looking at evidence, yeah. talking to people, investigating, doing all these things. They have billions of dollars in revenue. Spend whatever it takes and fix it. And then you know what else you have is you can say we have no further comment you can ask them they can put out a statement they can give you the evidence they can present all the stuff and say this is where hopefully you develop some consistency across the board where it doesn't become an issue anymore and there isn't so much things where people are scratching their head saying what this doesn't make any sense right but in any case they've got to look at something uh to try to do something differently because right what they're doing now is just too too confusing and too confusing and too inconsistent for sure you can now relive the Hey, it's Tuesday. You need some more coffee. We got a photo shoot coming up next, we're worried about that, looking fresh for that. Oh boy. I think there's going to be something that's starting to develop. Yeah. It's gonna be the GQ jinx. Remember there was a Sports Illustrated cover jinx? Yeah. There was the Madden curse. Good? I think there might be some of this GQ jinx. Who, did, who was the latest to do that? So well, oh, Jalen Ramsey the- last year. Remember Jalen yeah. Ramsey was yap, yap, yapping about all the quarterbacks? Jacksonville yeah. can't went down. Like he's mm-hmm. like his profile was risen it rose, right. but his year wasn't that great. This time, it's Odell Beckham Jr., who hasn't had the implosion yet. But, man, my dude needs to just keep it quiet, okay? So, he had some very... And it's not the first time he's went in on the Giants. I get feeling disrespected. Like, his first comments, he comes out... He said he was not disappointed. He was disrespected. I understand that from yeah. a personal standpoint. You don't want to feel discarded. You think, you know, Hey, it's sure. a personal indictment. Yep. There obviously was some tension between him and the front office. Understand all of those things. He even admitted, Hey, I didn't have a great playoff game. So I understand that here's where I have a problem with him. And this is where you get a glimpse into somebody's ego. Yeah. When you have a comment like this, Odell Beckham said, quote, I felt disrespected because I felt like I was a main reason. At keeping that brand alive, they were getting primetime games still, as a five and eleven team. Why? Because people want to see the show. You want to see me pe- me play. That's just real rap. Yeah. I'm not sitting here like it's because of me. But let's just be real. That's why we're still getting primetime games. Uh, All right, my man thinks really, really highly of himself. Yeah. What? The you- Giants have been
1: around a lot longer than Odell Beckham, and they're going to be here a lot longer after he's gone. I have no problem with him saying, I felt like I was a main reason. like Because there could have been a few, right? Like there, like Saquon Barkley. He's saying him, he was the but reason. No, but then he goes on, yes. No, no, he, said he was the but, reason. No, he says a main reason, but then he goes on and he says, I'm not sitting here like it's because of me, but let's just be real. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. So he is saying that he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, I don't God. know why you're totally disrespecting an entire fan base. Right. I get the front office. But he's really thrown a lot of shade at the Giants fans, which I think is a no-win situation. Well, there were some comments the other day when he said their fans aren't that good, they're not going to show up. The Giants fan base has one of the most passionate, loyal... And look, all fans are fickle, right? All, I, I was firsthand experienced the Giants fan base, right? I was booed out of there, like I, they, they, did, like I was sent packing by them a year after I was cheered and presented as if they were all yelling for me. Yeah, I get you have that some kind of reunion coming up. No, well, I don't.
1: I don't. I am the, right. no,
0: but I. What my point is, their ticket you cannot find season tickets to a Giants. They're right. a pass down through generations. Like it's a, a you know a little bit of folklore there, but it is true. You cannot get tickets to Giants games. Um, it will be, when they're five and 11, it will be sold out. Now they'll right. come to boo you, but they will be there, yeah. which is, I would much rather have that than a place I played like in Atlanta with the Atlanta Falcons when we were four and 12. It's empty. There were 3,000 stands out there. They didn't care. They were like, all right, you guys think we're not going to come watch you. Yeah. I would rather have that every single time. I think he's, I think Odell has really thin skin. I think he's gotten way too. No, no, he's just he's yapping too much. And if we back up. it up, he does. He needs he to grow up. up.
1: He does. He needs to grow up. He's way too immature. Um, you're, you're talented. Um, and you talk about wanting to win all the time, but are you willing to 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 do what it takes? If shutting up is what it takes for your team to win, are you willing to do it? Like no, right. if and you're, it doesn't if, seem like he is. No, that's the question, right? You need to grow up. Like there's. There's a point and there's some to, to what you said earlier. If you want to say you felt disrespected as a player, like you thought, you know, you were good enough to, to play that contract out in New York and, you know, and your initial thoughts were, you know, they disrespected me and then, you know, you keep it moving and I'm here to work and if, it, that's fine to say, right? Once you start getting into all of this and you're starting to throw people under the bus and you're starting to point fingers and it's me, 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 you're, you don't understand what this is all about. Like, and, my hope for Odell is that he figures it out because I'm on, I think he's one of the most talented receivers in the game and I think he can be a winner. Yep. But you can't be a winner acting like this. If you do, it's by mistake. It's because you have people around you that drag you to the winning finish line. It's not because of you. This attitude here is more of a, this is a me attitude and not a we attitude. And show me
0: any sport that's been able to win a championship. With even one guy that's really taken over as the me guy. I know. Right? It's Like it's a very wide receiver, if it's a quarterback who likes to talk trash, what, whatever position it is, it's really hard to find. Yeah, you can have a brass personality. You can be confident. You can do a lot of these things. But being as open and just controversial, and yeah. I don't think he realizes he is. That's where I think the maturity comes in. Right. Like where's the sense of self-awareness at this point in your career You are one of the most talented receivers, if not the most talented wide receiver, and a team was willing to part ways with you. And you can have that disrespect, but they did it for a reason because they felt like you were causing issues in a locker room. Whether they were real or not, or they were perceived or or true, it was real enough to the Giants where they said, you know what, we're going to move on. And that should be sort of a wake-up call, and yet he's still doing and saying some of the things he did throughout the first part of his career.
1: He's he's like... Like he's a walking contradiction, right? Like, yes. you're saying that you want you're, you're about winning, you want to win like this, doing this. Yet the brand that you're cultivating is just the opposite of that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a noisy kind of whiny, like your, your brand is more about noise than it is about the actual substance, uh, uh, uh the wins. Do you know what I mean? And so you would hope. That someone in his camp, I am a fan. I want to say it again. Someone in his camp is like, listen, dude, you're building the wrong brand. Right. Like, you're, you're, you're. But you're, see,
0: here's what I worry about today's athlete is I think their teams, there's no one's, everyone's afraid to step up, whether it's because they're afraid of getting fired by you right. know, his staff, whatever it is. But they're saying, yeah, you do you, man. You keep being yourself. You just do whatever you want. Who cares what people think? Well, which to see,
1: you, that's a really you can, fine line. You can do yourself, right? Like, and you can be authentic with the media, and, and you don't have to be apologetic about who Odell Beckham Jr. is. I, I support that 100%. But you don't have to be inflammatory, right? right? You don't have to be out there seeking the, 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 the poop, if you will, for lack of better, like, vocabulary word. Right. You don't have to, and, and I feel like he does. Like, that's the way the headlines, the, the noise is, like, he revels in that. Like, that's what he likes. And that's, again, what what you preach and what you do are two different things. Like, you preach, I'm a winner. Winner, You know what winners do? Winners fly under the radar, and they win. Like, do you know what I mean? Now, some of them are brash, but that's what once, – once you've got the substance that you can be – you've got nothing really on your resume other than a couple one-handed catches. You don't have the wins that it would require for you to earn the right – To be brash. You know what you
0: you said, winners? You know what winners do? They win first. That's what I'm saying. And then the brand builds. and the brand builds. Because you won. He's kind of put the cart before the horse. He's building the wrong brand. Right, which I think is a – it's not only an Odell Beckham problem. I think it's a societal problem nowadays when you look across sports. Guys are more interested in building the brand. How many Instagram likes? What can I – you know, how can I get my brand out there – before they want to win championship, before right. they want to do the work, and I think that's not only an Odell Beckham problem; it's a it's an entire
1: league well, problem. Well, it is. Look, you know what? And I'm I'm going to hijack this, and let's go to youth sports right now. Yeah, they their parents um, that cultivate a brand for their kids via Instagram. You're talking about tens of twenties of thousands of 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 likes and views on kids who, if you see them in a tournament, football, basketball, or whatever, they're they're okay, right? They're not great. But their, their parents are really savvy about cultivating this brand. So the kid starts to get this name. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is essentially what's, what's, what we're describing with Odell Beckham Jr., right? Like you, you, you don't have necessarily the resume to back that up, but you're famous. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, and it's, a, it's a really interesting spot for, you know, for kids. Well, it was I the whole,
0: kids. it was the whole LeVar ball phenomenon because you know he he created these no, stars uh, and yes. Lonzo was outstanding. It was great, but he also had three other boys. But he just wanted them famous to be millionaires. Yeah, you know. And then you're seeing some of the byproduct of that. And Lonzo's been great and he's done a good job in
1: creating the superstar. I actually think the young one's going to be really good too. Right. But so if you can do both, great. Right. Like you you can't uh, t- you can't just be a brand uh, of noise if you're Odell Beckham Jr. As gifted as you are, if at the end of the day you were a brand of noise and a streaking leg, and that's it, uh, and, and that's it. Right. What are we talking about? He's got a lot of money though
0: to show for it.
1: Well, <laughs> you no, know, I mean, but, I mean, but no, but I'm and that's that's the that. counter that a lot of younger generations I'm say. Well, you're going to
0: be a millionaire, you're going to be set for life. Who cares if you win?
1: If that's what it's about, then right. Yes, and I, and and to some degree, look, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I've said like I played it. You know, I love the sport. And I played it for love and then it became a business and I wanted to make as much as I could make doing it. So I, I'm not knocking that, but I wasn't sitting there telling you I was all about championships. Right. I'll tell you, look, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a living out of my family. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. If I can win a championship, great, but I'm going where I could get paid the most. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, this does create some more discussion around the Cleveland Browns because they do have a lot of personalities on that team. Baker Mayfield, not shy. Yeah. Odell Beckham, not shy. Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a guy who's been outspoken. Um. Garrett um, what's his name on the defense Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball they do remind me of last year's Rams team because remember the Rams made some of their trades they brought in Sue Yeah. they traded for Marcus Peters Kakeem Yeah. they had a lot of personalities on their team and with some they did figure it out I feel like and last year I said the exact same thing I feel like it's home run or bust I felt like it was that way for the Rams they made it to the Super Bowl they didn't win it but still that's a pretty successful season I think they would take that Mm mhm the brown And I felt at the time I probably would have leaned more towards home run. But the Browns, I think I'm leaning more towards bust. I'm not. I just – they haven't. And the big thing for me is you had already seen a year of kind of a little bit better progress. You had a coach who was in place. Was that, is that one, the most
1: talented offense? Uh Is that one of the top – What? where was yes, they potential,
0: be in the, well, the wide receiving tandem is the best in the league. In a when league. When you put Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham out okay. there, just those two again, I think the best. Uh, and I think you add him in the mix. I think he's a top eight running back. Like, I don't think he's in the same category as Ezekiel Elliott right. or uh, Todd Gurley in his prime or Saquon Barkley, but he's a really, really good quarterback, uh, right. running back. And then Baker Mayfield is sort of this, he's got the, he's shown this trajectory where he's on there, but he's still on the year, the year two. Like, right. before I jump on board, unless it's Patrick Mahomes, yeah. who looks like a quarterback we haven't seen in, in a generation, I think Baker Mayfield showed you a lot of signs. I don't think he's shown us that yet. Right. There's not a lock that, hey, he's going to be this pro bowl quarterback. I'm, I'm on the trajectory. I, I'm not saying he, I'm going to say he's going to be a bust, right. but I don't know if I'm all in on this team going, all right, Super bowl around. I would say they, there's more likelihood from, in my mind, that the Browns are somebody we're talking about cusp of the playoffs, eight and eight, seven and nine. What went wrong? Why did they underperform? Yeah. And maybe it's, the expectations were too high. That's where I feel like we are with the Browns. The yep. expectations have been set too high on this team. All right, welcome back to Kinell and Bell. Le'Veon Bell, new New York Jets running back, mm-hmm. went off on social media. I wanted to play the sound back, but you can't because there's a lot of F-bombs in there and we have to be uh keep it clean. So we had a really he had some stuff that I told you. Like he he had one clip where he was working out, he was pulling a sled like behind him and he was running and he said 260 question mark. And then crying emojing, like, hey, look at me. Like yeah. people are saying I'm two sixty, you right. guys are crazy. Um, then he had this quote this quote. I think it's fantastic. He said, if Somebody work at Target, do you think when they work from nine to five, they go home and all you do is worry about putting bleep on the shelves? They trying to worry about what serial number's coming up? No. You think LeBron James is waking up and he ain't going to have no Taco Tuesday? Taco Tuesday! Y'all think he's just hooping all day? Y'all think Beyonce wakes up singing songs all day? I get his point because... And this is where a lot of athletes, I think, you just get too worried about what people are saying. Like, we were just talking about Odell, don't worry about what people are saying. If people are criticizing you for spending too much time in South Beach or whatever it is, just don't worry about it. That's why I think sometimes and you are a genius with this one because you don't have Twitter. You do have Instagram. I have Instagram. You don't have Twitter, which is really where the, a lot of these players are getting a lot of, of heat. Just shut it down. Let your team, let your marketing team handle it. If they want to say, hey, we need a video of you today promoting something, then do it. If they say, hey, can you post a picture on your vacation? Then do it. But let a team run it for you and most importantly, don't pay attention to your mentions.
1: And you've taken it a step further. I don't have to have a team put out anything for me. No one needs to put out anything for me to the fans. The fans. But
0: I get the part of building your brand. If you want to make some money
1: off the field, if you, I, I do get that part wait, of make it. Make some money off the field. Well, yeah. what, <laughs> what, wait, what do you mean make some well, money so off the field? The no. fans are affecting your ability to make money off the field because you ain't showing them a video. You working out? No. So here's what I'm saying part of social media I think
0: is part of being a professional athlete part of having your brand so that if you have an endorsement with Dick Sporting Goods you can tweet this video out well, saying check out my gear that if, I'm wearing if you know that is I mean?
1: a part of your deal with Dick Sporting Goods right. like they're going to watch videos yeah. then yes you do that but generally speaking like I would never feel the need to have to put out a video of myself working out to satiate anyone including the damn team right. I'm not putting a, you know what how about this when I show up at training camp in a couple weeks, you'll either see at that point what, like, whether I am in shape or I'm not in shape. The only person that really needs to know that I'm doing what I need to be doing is me. Right. Really, that's the only person because I'm the one accountable. I'm the one that's got to go in there and take those reps when training camp starts. And if I haven't done my work, then I'm gonna be sitting my tail on the bench. And so, you know, our, our world in general is way too worried about. Other people's opinions. It's your. It that's your life, dog. That's your business. That's your money. Don't let anybody else steal your joy, bro. Like real talk. Like you live by all accounts. Like I don't know all this stuff. Look, money doesn't buy you happiness. Let's get that off off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. But. You know, most of us who are able to play a professional sport are living a dream, right? And that in and of itself should bring you some joy. You know what I mean? And then there are a lot of perks that go along with it. You should be happy. Like you should not let any of these knucklehead haters out there be bringing you down to where you got to go on tirades on social media. Man, live your life, enjoy it, get your work in, show up, and be ready to go. That's the beginning and the end of it.
0: You would take the Kawhi Leonard approach. He does have a Twitter account. He has four hundred thousand followers, but he hasn't tweeted since July seventh, and two
1: thousand. Boy, Damn. bye. I ain't worried about none of y'all, man. Like, I'm, I am working out. Like, and if I'm not, I gotta live with those consequences. It doesn't behoove me not to be doing that. The only person that really needs to know it yep. is me. Yep. And your
0: coaches, but they can see yeah. that in person. Correct. And they're gonna evaluate by what you do on the court right. or on the field, uh, for sure. So more players, take that advice, log off. Though I can't, I'm addicted. That's why. Uh,
1: <laughs> I love my Instagram, I'm not gonna front. Like, I, right. I love it. But you know what I'm not on Instagram? In Dimensions. Right, well, mine, the, or the, or the, Except
0: for mine, you're out there trashing me out there, no, that's throwing like, me like, like, under right. the bus. First of all, Ford I'm out in Rome. Rome. <laughs> you're ruining my family vacation. How am I supposed to ignore that? Roma,
1: <laughs> yes. when you're in Rome, when in and, Rome. And the fanny pack, the fanny. I had to because Nico Costos is. Yeah. You, you regarded him as a fashion guru. <laughs> I, I can't support. There was that, some so. sarcasm in that, just because he agreed with
0: me. Yeah, I was right. like yeah, you know what's going on. <laughs> uh, basketball. The NBA has had a fantastic off season. It's setting up for a fantastic NBA season next year. Somebody who's not having a fantastic offseason, Team USA. Yeah. Uh, they're playing in the FIBA World Cup, uh, next year. Seven players have withdrawn from Team USA. The list is pretty lengthy. It's a lot of star power. James Harden, Anthony Davis, yeah. Jamie McCollum, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, Tobias Harris, and Zion Williamson, uh, who was the latest, uh, to uh, skip their training camp. I don't, this is a tough one for me, man. There's such a grind of being a professional athlete. We talk about minutes. We're talking about you know, load management. Yeah. We're talking about, uh, knocking 20 games off the regular season, the NBA. Why would you add more stress to you? If you don't have to, I get playing for your country. I think it's cool, but maybe it should be more role players guys that don't have to play as much in the regular season.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's what it's going to wind up probably being, but like, you're seeing role guys like, you know, Eric Gordon's a role, role right? Guy. Yeah, he already is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Tobias is a little better than a role guy, but like these, these aren't, like I mean, aside from James Harden and Anthony Davis, like these aren't your megastars saying, "No, this is your next tier of guy." Now, right. telling you, know, what you this is going to become increasingly um, more of a problem for Team USA at competitions that are not the Olympics. Um, the Olympics, I, you'll still draw. Like you'll, you'll still get the best on the world to go out there and represent the U.S. and try to win a gold medal. Uh, but in today's age, again, where we are. More aware ever of, of the rest that a body requires to play a professional sport. And you've seen guys, uh, with these catastrophic injuries that appear to be overuse type of injuries. You know, guys are going to err on the side of caution. There's too much money at stake. Like these are your, be a contract. Look, listen. What if I lost three million dollars when I played? Right. I, I would have had a heart attack. Right. Right. These guys, in some cases, like, you know, are risking...
0: 20 million, you know,
1: 25. Yeah, like, you, you're you not gonna get guys to just sign up to do that to play in the World Cup. You, you'll get them for the Olympics, but right. you you'll get them for, like, feeble World Cups and, and, uh... You know North American championships and stuff like that. You'll see this more and more.
0: The two biggest reasons that were cited is the change in the World Cup schedule. So it's pushed it back. So it's only one year move from the Olympics. So you're really having to go back to back to play in both of these. And the other one was that the World Cup now ends closer to NBA training camp. That, to me, would be a deal breaker. Like, if you're telling me I'm not going to get as much time off and I'm just going to have to morph right into this, into the schedule, like that, then would you're primarily making your income on from your regular season, you're cutting into that and you're not going to be as fresh and mentally, not only physically, but mentally. That's the
1: part that's grind. It is physical, but the mental, the mental drain, um, that an NBA puts puts on you, an NBA season puts on you. It's like, I I can't describe it. Uh, you still love the game. Like you still want to play it, but you are almost all the way fried out. Um, if you've been playing for something and you've been stressing on, you know, wins or losses and you're in a series, like, and you played through the playoffs, like that is an exhausting thing to roll that right in to, you know, whatever World Cup you're doing and get no real break and you're right back in training camp. Um, that's dangerous on a lot of levels, not just physically, but, but. You know that you're putting a lot of things in jeopardy when you go into the next season unhealthy mentally because you didn't get the you know the proper amount of rest.
0: Yep, absolutely. You know? So it's no surprise at all, and I don't know if there's really a solution to it either. I think you're just going to see a different type of player. Yeah. playing in some of these
1: events. And the, well, and they're fully capable of winning. Yeah, but you know the, these the gap has been closed on on the USA. Um, internationally, seen, internationally, in terms of basketball. You've seen a lot of, of these countries have some of the best players in, in the NBA now. Um, and so, you know, if USA loses a few here and there, you know, I, I guess what I'd say to that is like, okay, let's right. just win the Olympics. Yeah. Right?
0: You know, yep. Get it back there. Uh, yesterday we spoke about the Spurs. We talked about Greg Popovich. We talked as their dynasty coming to an end. And then all of a sudden you had an interesting development yesterday as Tim Duncan, um, Hall of Fame player for them was part of the dynasty with Pop. I, I said yesterday, I'm surprised that Pop didn't retire the same time Tim Duncan did. Yep. We saw a reversal of that. So Tim Duncan is going to be an assistant coach on the staff. Does this change anything no. for you? I mean, if, if oh. Tim Duncan was coming back to play, I'd feel a little bit better
1: about it. So, is it surprising to you? It is a little surprising. Is it surprising to be a player? But not surprising. I mean, to be a coach. I ran into Boris D'Al a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we sat down, we were at Ballins on Lincoln Bro and we were talking and Timmy came up. Um, and he said that Tim still trains every day like he did when he played. Really? He's at the facility. He gets his lift in. He goes and he gets a bunch of shots up. He plays three on three with their younger guys. Like he is there like he's a player. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's not surprising that he would accept a role kind of coaching because from, from what I heard, like he's still living the NBA life just right. not playing anymore. Um, I don't think this changes their, the dynasty thing. I said yesterday, the Spurs are capable of grooming people in, 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 as players, as front office, uh, members and executives and as coaches. So I have no doubt that they've groomed the people that, that they need to groom to take over the mantle. You, you just don't capture lightning in a bottle, you know, twice usually. And I think they did that for, for a long time there with some of the guys they were able to bring in and get via the draft. Like you, you don't, you don't get the who is and the Tims and the David Robinsons you know all the time uh, otherwise you'd have dynasties that never ever ended like right like yep. they they all come to an end and so I think theirs will come to an end that doesn't mean they won't still be capable what I did find interesting about this was the press release that came out about it Tim was like the footnote and he was the side note <laughs> really? Like no it was about it was about the guy Um, who's the other guy um it was about uh hardy um he was the main focus of the the the, the article that came out yep. and tim was just kind of mentioned as a former player for the spurs out of out of wake forest will also be joining the staff <laughs> that was it it's fantastic uh, will, it was hardy. So tim. will hardy will hardy yeah
0: uh i thought it was like cuz it said well what i was curious to do is the makeup of the NFL, uh the nba's coaching staff so it said he will not be mark stein said uh he's not just a mirrored player development role. What is that role? Is that the guy that tosses the guys the warm up, the one I want to be? Yeah. The one that goes out there and helps him rebound and just talk? Yeah. is that all that's all that guy does pretty much, right? No, no, Or are they they're like they're breaking out film, yes, like and, and the, then handing it to the coaches. Those dudes and they break are, it down.
1: They're involved with the coaching decisions and stuff like that. They're just not the final say. Right. Like those guys are, are being groomed to one day be coaches, head coaches, right? Or right. or on the bench assistants. So they're they're privy to all of the stuff that goes on. They're just not the final like three checks of the of the checklist. But their duties do uh, encompass being on the court with guys, putting them through workouts, um, a little bit more physical because you'll have to, if you're a big guy, you're out there banging with guys and making sure they're ready to play and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's a very important position, player D. Uh, but he's going to obviously skip that and get right to the bench. Watching
2: young people today live like this instead of like that. <laughs> You know, Stacey and I were out on a date last night, and there was two couples, two groups of couples sitting next to us, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm old. Like, not one of the four couples were talking to each other. They were all on their phones, and it just drove me up to, I literally wanted to be like a dad and go, like, give me your phone, talk to each other. <laughs> I mean, this is pathetic. So it was really, really pathetic, and I think that's just, it's just changed the way – a lot of younger people and younger fans intake is all through technology. And I mean, you watch a concert and everybody's holding their phone up. Like, listen, watch, take it in, create a memory. Cause they don't go back and watch the videos. They just want to post it on their social media, which is pathetic because it creates a society of look at me. Isn't my life great. Even though when they go home, they're like, I hate myself. I hate my life.
0: I love Pat Fitzgerald head coach of Northwestern. Um, really dropped some knowledge on the issue that's facing our society right now. I think he was... The question he was asked, which is where I was alluding to, where I don't think he answered that question correctly, he was asked, why do you think college football attendance is down? I think that might be... A reason, but I think the biggest issue is cost uh-huh. for people. Like it's expensive to go to college football games now. The ticket prices, uh, traveling to some of these you know uh, campuses are not easy to get yep. to. They have two or three night minimums for hotels. I mean that's the biggest thing I hear from college football fans. Is it's expensive. Right. Like, I don't want to go there. You've got games. They're going to be blowouts. Like Florida State, Miami like some of the programs got really spoiled from the success you had. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm not going to go unless it's Florida state versus Miami. Why would I go watch Florida state versus wake forest? Right, 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 right. You know they've been getting beat by them <laughs> a couple times recently, but you know what I mean? Like your fan yeah. bases get spoiled. Um, but as far as the social media thing and phones and the way we interact, he's a hundred percent spot on. There is a problem. We've basically been having a 10 year social experiment in our country and and we don't know the end result. We are right in the middle of it right now, and I see it firsthand as a parent with my kids. Yeah, I'm trying to hold off on the cell phone craze as long as I can, but I'm getting pressure on it all the time. So we give them little increments of a flip phone. Sure, and you see the difference in attention span just in that.
1: Yeah, I really, if I could put the rabbit back in the hat, or whatever, oh yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't have my son with a phone. Um, it has you know, it's consuming. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not monitoring it and you're not consistent with the monitoring of it, um, these kids are like, they're, they're down these deep like Alice in Wonderland holes. You don't know where they are. And I don't, I don't mean in terms of what they're exposed to. I mean, like they are just in this virtual world where they can't really tell you what's going on around them. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be having full conversations with them and they are just locked into somebody else's stuff. And most of the time, they're watching other people do stuff, living vicariously. You know, and I always have that conversation. I'm like, dude, you're watching somebody else play a video game or you're watching someone else fish. Right? You're watching you want to do else, that? Let's go do it. Right. You know what I mean? And they're just like, he ain't even heard me. Right. He's just sitting there on the phone. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. So I, I agree with him. Uh, didn't answer the question. <laughs> right. <laughs> they asked him, which is Media 101, though. Right. Oh, right? Yeah. No, yeah. You, know, you, you girl, have, Yeah. go where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you could tell that he wanted
0: to get this rant. I think for a, a coach of a team. And when you have a hundred players on your team and you want to develop camaraderie, yeah, oh. and you want to develop relationships. I think I, and I've talked to some basketball coaches about this where they'll actually say, Hey, when we go to team meals, you have to leave your phone in the locker room yeah. on the bus and they'll check them so that players are forced to talk.
1: You know, I played for old school dudes. I played for a dude named Dusko Ivanovich. He was, uh, he was my coach in, in uh, at Tao Ceramica in, in, in Spain. He, he didn't want you with cell phones on. He didn't want you watching a movie. He didn't want anything, right? <laughs> and I, you thought it was ridiculous. Jerry Sloan for the longest didn't like you, you know, either, headphones. Or, or, headphones and stuff like that. And you thought they were ridiculous except maybe they saw this coming, right? Like from right. their generation to ours, they, they realized that we weren't having as much dialogue. Because we were in our own little world. Now it's, it is ridiculous.
0: You know, the one thing I would say too about Pat Fitzgerald, it feels like he's uh, railing against millennials. It's not just younger people. It's me.
1: Oh, it's me too. It's, yeah. our,
0: it's my parents. Yeah. Like I, my my parents are in their seventies and my dad's not as bad as my mom, my mom but my yes. mom has Instagram and we'll be out and she'll be talking about him at dinner and there are four people. My mom will be on hers right there with him. Right. And then you're like, all right, what is going on? Like Jeter did it for a different reason, but Derek Jeter famously would have people put their phones in a basket when they came over. <laughs> (laughs) his house because he didn't want people taking pictures right yeah and having stuff out yeah like if i have a party or if i have some people over for a dinner party i think it's a really good idea to say you know what leave your phones at the door if you need an emergency we can get them but let's just try to stay off and have an old school conversation dave chappelle has a super bowl party that is supposedly legendary i think it's super bowl or nba all-star weekend one of the like one of the sports weekends, right where he gave you um like a longitude, latitude. He didn't want to know where you were going because right. you could tell people. Yeah. And like when you got there, you had to check your phone. And like the people that were there that talk about it, say it was legendary. Yeah. Like and and the other thing is, and this is another thing that Pat Fitzgerald alluded to. I find myself like in Italy. We just got back from Europe. Right. I was taking you know stories. Look at this. I will probably never go back and look at those stories. Some of the pictures I would. I get the pictures. Right. But why do you have to? You know, when we were at the PGA Championship. You're watching Tiger Woods tee off. Everybody off. has their camera yeah. up there, and you're not going to go watch it. You're just saying, "Look at me. Look at my view. Look yeah, at where no, you're I right. am." You are right. And I, I right. fall victim to it because I want to go show off sometimes, and you fall victim to that. Yep. But it is a flaw in our society, and I do feel you miss out on making those personal memories ingrained in your brain if you're putting them on there on the screen for oh, everybody else. 100. Um, so technology is taking over our world. It does seem like that, and it may be taking over baseball maybe sometime in the near future. So the Atlantic League, that's the league I played in, okay. New York Bears. Fun league. They're always pushing the envelope, trying to do things to generate interest. They have experimented with robot umpires. Love it. They've been so happy with robot umpires that it will continue using the system for the rest of the season. Love it. I don't I didn't love it. I hated it at first. But I kind of look like it looks a little bit interesting. So apparently the umpire has a earpiece in his ear. Yeah. It tells you like, Hey, it was a strike or a ball. And so he goes, strike one. If it tells him in his ear or ball, if it tells him in his ear. And then if there's a, you can challenge it. If you're the opposing team, um, there's, there is a slight, couple slight flaws, which I don't think are the biggest deal. If a ball is bounces in the dirt, it could register as a strike. And they say that's just a glitch in the system. They can protest it. Say, help. Was that a strike? And he's like, no. Um, I don't know. There is something about it though that I just. I like the nuance of somebody getting I mean, calls wrong all day and no, having a but terrible like you strike can, zone. But as long as he's a
1: consistent... strike zone changing from day
0: but to but day, as long as he's consistent with, all right, he's maybe he's a little bit low or he's a little bit high or he's letting you get that outside corner. I'm okay with that, but you'll lose that.
1: L- let it be gone. <laughs> yes. Let let it be gone. What
0: about the? So the Atlanta is also letting you steal first base. Which I don't even know what a is pass that. What ball. Is- so if there, if you're at bat. You're hitting, and there's a dirt ball. You can go? You can run. That's stupid. See, I would hate that, cause I like to hit. Yeah, that's Like, I didn't want to get walked, I didn't want to free, I wanted to hit. Well, that's stupid. But some players are taking advantage of it.
1: I mean, take advantage of it if it's a rule. I don't understand how you don't <laughs> right. have to fulfill the rest of your at bat, just because they, they put a ball right. in you the dirt. You
0: could be 0-2 down, like the guy throws a curveball
1: in the and dirt, third, and you, get you to get to go it, to first. I don't, I think
0: that's ridiculous. Yeah, but it seems like change is coming in baseball. Baseball's
1: a lot desperate, of bro.
0: Yeah, they are. Robot umps. No robot hosts on this show. <laughs>